Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Fuelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. There you are. Now we can have a show. And when I mean we, I mean you and me. Because we're the only two that are here. Uh, I'm at my mother-in-law's house. Uh, Alex is downstairs making dinner. Mark is in D.C. doing something with a couple of cats. Phil is adrift and lost at sea somewhere. Flipping out over the tickle in his throat. You're not going to believe the text I've been getting. So that leaves me and you. And I am so grateful for you and all the love and support you've shown us. The show, um, my special on YouTube, it's called It's Scary in Here. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Thanks for spreading the word about that. Oh, and if you're in Texas, I will be at the Addison Improv January 21st through the 23rd. And then I will be at Phoenix, Arizona at CB Live January 26th through the 30th. And if you can make any of the gigs, please come up after the show. Let me shake your hand and thank you for the love and support. So here's what I did. I went back and I found some of the funniest moments that we shared together and, and figured, let's do it again. Now, this time last year, Phil was upset with me. I know. Hard to believe. Apparently, he sent me a video from the West Wing uh, to illustrate our friendship. And I didn't get it. And he got mad. And I had to go by his house on Christmas Eve because he was upset. And I didn't want him to be upset. But he still called me an insensitive turd. You guys listen to this and you make up your own mind. I'm not talking to you. Hi. Is there something seriously wrong with you? What? Is this something wrong with you, man? What? Is just something mentally wrong with you? Lovely moment ruined. Lovely moment ruined. We're going to talk about this in the next podcast. Okay. And this is the next, <laughs> this is the next podcast.
Phil is still upset with me for ruining a lovely moment. By the way, as he skulls me with a mouthful of popcorn, I don't know if you got yeah, that. Yeah, I heard that. He was mumbling. <laughs> yeah, listen. Okay, first of all, it was organic Trader Joe's popcorn. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. These cigarettes are made out of granola. Enjoy. Give them to the kids. <laughs> They're good. I like puffing on them. Yeah, moron. All right. Yeah. I'm the moron. Yeah, so, okay. okay, so please tell everybody so Jason knows you're not upset with him and everybody else knows why you're upset with me. Okay. Okay. So Mark, Alex already knows about this. I'm watching the West Wing again because I have no life. We all agree on this, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's an endearing scene with Martin Sheen, who's about to make the State of the Union speech, and he's got the designated survivor in the Oval Office, and he tells him, if anything happens, A, B, C, and D, and then he goes, do you have a best friend? The guy goes, yes, sir. He goes, um, do you trust him with your life? Yes, sir. Is he smarter <laughs> than you? Yes, sir. That's your chief of staff illustrating the beauty of best friendship. And who did I think of? I thought of Adam, right? So what do I do? I stand up on my couch, like, and I get the iPhone and I rewind it and I tape it just like a director and I line it up and I sit down and I edit it and I send it to him, right? Just to illustrate, this is the way I feel about you because I do think he's smarter than me and I do trust him with my life, right? So I send them this very beautiful scene, half hour, nothing, hour, nothing, the whole day, nothing. Finally, I get a text back from him, like some other random thing. He completely dismisses the scene, right? Then I, then I text him. I go, hey, did you get the text? Yeah, yeah, I didn't understand it. And I, he bailed. He didn't even watch it. He didn't even watch the scene. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I was like, what is wrong with you, man? Okay, let me clarify something. Phil sends me a scene. No context, no nothing. Like, watch this, been thinking of you, thought of you when I saw this. Nothing. Just a random scene sent to me. And, and not even after an, an, a bonding moment. Like, he woke me up in the middle of the night. You got to come bail me out. I had to put up money for him or I gave him a oh kidney. Nothing. This is a random Wednesday. He gets all emotional. Yeah, the, the thing is, the message isn't even into this video clip until like 54 seconds in. Oh, my God. 54 seconds? Okay. What are you going to do with that time? You have no idea how long that is. I can't play the clip because we don't have the right to it, but I, I made the clip. This is actually what he sends me with no instructions whatsoever. Listen to this. He shall, from time to time, give to the Congress the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he chooses necessary and expedient. And the other guy says, sounds right up your alley, sir. Thanks, Roger. Knock him dead, sir. Martin Sheen says, Oh, Roger, if anything happens, you know what to do, right? I honestly haven't thought about it, sir. First thing always, national security. Get your commanders together. Appoint joint chiefs. Appoint chairman. Take us to DEFCON 4. Have the governors send emergency delegates to Washington. The assistant attorney general is going to be the acting AG. If he tells you he wants to bring up the National Guard, you listen to him. Okay, right away. Now I think we're under attack. This is what I think. It, it's like Phil doesn't even know you. No. Because, Phil, I, I even know you can't send Adam anything longer than 20 seconds. He needs cliff notes or emojis. Oh my. Yes, 54 seconds before we got there. Now, I played that so you could see how long it was, and I'm pulling my hair out of my friggin' head. All right, you 10. know what I sent? A beginning, a middle, and an end. No, no. I am a creator. I am a writer, and I have directed things. And if I just sent the part with the best friendship, that's your chief of staff. You wouldn't know what it meant unless there was an entry point. So I gave you a beginning, a middle, and just watch the clip. It's a minute of your life, you insensitive turd. Okay, listen to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a writer. I'm a creator. You're emotionally needy. 
Oh my God, you're, that's where you're going? I sent you an endearing scene to tell you how much that I think you're smarter than me and I'm emotionally needy? You should listen to me. I'm smarter than you. God, Mark, this is a guy, I bring him to see Titanic. Three minutes in, get to the iceberg. That's him. <laughs> but get to the iceberg. I want to see the guy falling on the propeller blade. Okay. Enough so, of this bullshit. So he that's says, you. Yeah, Mark, this is him yelling at me. If you would have sent the text and go, listen, I was watching this, I thought of you. I would have watched it. I was like, well, what does he want from me? No explanation, no nothing. Maybe it was what a mistake. I, what, what do I want from you? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. What are you trying to communicate oh to God. me? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Take your time, get up, squint, take the thing for you. You squinted? I, I stood up. You know what I did for you? I, I had to stand up. <laughs> I did. I stood up. I know. Phil, a lot. I have no idea. I have to apologize. I had no idea the lengths you go to show your love for me. <laughs> I lined up the shot. I edited it. I did all kinds of things for that for you. Yes, honey. Adam, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Did you just do the thing that most of us do when we're busy and we get a text and it's a it's a video mm-hmm. and you can see you know it's maybe a long video? I'll watch it later. Yeah, I'm like I I, I have no time for this now. What is yeah, it? Yeah, you put it. See, he put it on hold. Phil, you you didn't get the response you wanted, correct? I didn't get the response. I you didn't even watch the thing to give me a response. <laughs> but but you had to watch it first to give me a response. You didn't get the response you wanted in the okay. time that you you deemed appropriate. Is that accurate? Okay. No, you know what's accurate? There's no, sorry, no defense here. There's no defense here. How, you can't how, defend how, your way out of it. I'm this. sorry, Mark has something to say. Yes, Mark. I'm sorry. All I'm hearing in my head as this is going on is, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, the plaintiff, Phil Tag, is upset <laughs> about a message he sent. The oh. defendant, Adam Fura, has no idea what the message meant. They've decided to waive their legal rights and have their case decided here today in the People's Court. Yeah. See, I hear something different, Mark. Good. I what's hear that? a divorce court. <laughs> yes, that's no, exactly no, right. No, and, he's paying, and he's paying me child support. You know why I'm paying you child support? Because you're a child. That's why. You t- use your oh, words. Whatever. You, you know whatever, what? Man. You know it's so interesting mm-hmm. because, see, Adam, that's how you would send him a text. Mm-hmm. But see, Phil's not you. Phil is Phil. He's more visual. He's more sentimental. Sensitive, so, creative, juvenile, and undiagnosed with FCE. What? Yeah, is what FCE? it is. FCE? Yes. I, I, I looked this up to what? help you. Oh, no. Phil is undiagnosed with false consensus effect. What? Yeah. What? False consensus exactly. effect. It's a psychological yeah. syndrome. One sees his own behavioral choices, judgments as relatively common and appropriate to existing circumstances, while viewing mm. alternate responses as uncommon, deviant, inappropriate, and causes them grievance or offense. Are you okay. sure that's not an AME? What's an AME? An Adam makeup effect. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. You got the wrong initials. It's, it's two initials. BS. That's what it is. Look at it. Google it. I looked it up. Oh, 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 oh. So how long did it take you to look that up, Adam? Was it more than 54 seconds? I did it in 10 seconds, and I was like, oh, I, I, I have the answer to the problem in less time uh-huh. than it took me to listen to the problem. Oh, my guy goodness. Spent, guy spends a day and a half researching what's wrong with me, but he won't watch a one-minute clip oh my of an endearing, beautiful scene. And, and this reminded me of our best friendship. And, and you know what? Here's how right you are, Adam. Mm-hmm. Here's how right you are in your defense. You drive all the way over to my new Hollywood apartment on Christmas Eve. I did. Because you knew, because you knew you were wrong. Admit no, I knew you were upset. That's why you came over. To yes, because you were upset. I, yeah, I was. First of all, I wasn't upset. I was no. Offended. I was a little offended. <laughs> a little. Listen to this. I was offended all day. 
why were you offended all day? Offended all day with you. <laughs> why? All day. Why were you offended all day? Because you're the tin man. You don't have a heart. Get to go, get a, go, let's go see the wizard. <laughs> I gotta soak my head. I gotta wash all this offensiveness off me. I wash your offensiveness <laughs> off me. Stop eating the popcorn. I gotta popcorn. take a bath to wash off your bullshit. Healthy popcorns, organic air popcorn. Yeah, okay. okay. All right. Yeah, you were offended. That's part of the, that's part of part of the syndrome that you have. This undiagnosed mm-hmm. syndrome, FCE syndrome that you have. Yeah. Well, a shower cures that. Just so you know. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> because you blame me for everything. I don't blame you for everything. Really? Exhibit yeah. A. I'm not talking to you. God damn it. What happened? Popcorn all over my rug now. You see what you did? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> that is funny. That was a direct result of my, my upsetness and my being offended because of the shit that you didn't do. Yes, because oh you are undiagnosed goodness. with FCE. Well, why do mm-hmm. I picture both of you stamping your feet as you're talking? Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like apes. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, Phil, do you feel better knowing that what you have has a name and a protocol? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm not giving this any more energy. Okay, fine. Don't give it any more energy. He's not giving it any more energy. He yelled at me for another three days after that. Ah, here's another text from Phil. Uh, still have the tickle. Eyes are not running. No diarrhea. A slight dry cough. What do you think it is? Okay. You thought I was kidding you. Hold on one second. Don't think it's COVID. Don't get nervous. Could be malaria. Moving on with the show. All right, the next thing I found was my pal, Louis Anderson. I've known Louis for years. I love him. He's such a sweet man. And he's got one of the greatest gambling stories I ever heard. So you guys listen to this. Can I ask you to tell the story uh, when, when you owed 80 Lodge at the Bicycle Club? Yeah. So I'm playing. I used to play Pai Gao. You know that game? I had a lot of yelling. A Pai a- Gao, I think, is nine. It means about nine. Mm-hmm. I had lost $80,000. Wow. That's a lot of Pai Gao. Yeah. But it was, you know, I was like, oh, well. But not really, oh, well. <laughs> the next day, I'm doing a commercial for 7-Eleven. Right. I, I was like, I think it's around 11 or so. Mm-hmm. I've lost that money and I'm furious, of course. Sure. I have no cash. I'm going to get that. I want to win that money back. I go, I got a $10,000 line in Vegas, a credit line. Right. I can't get a flight, so I rent a car. <laughs> <laughs> such a degenerate gambler. I say, you're such a gambler. <laughs> it's so good, though, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it good? You're doing the math and you're like, ah, four hours, I can make it. <laughs> yeah, and I have a 7 a.m. Call time. Call time for the 7-Eleven thing. <laughs> so I just had a feeling, yeah. you know, that's what gambling is. Mm-hmm. I drive there, go to Bally's, go to the high limits. I go, give me 2000 on my uh, $10,000 mm-hmm. line. And I start winning. I have four thousand. I got ten thousand. I got twenty thousand. I got thirty thousand. Then I go back to twenty. Mm. Then I get fifty thousand. I go back to thirty. Mm-hmm. Then I got sixty thousand. I go back to you know fifty. Right. And then I get I get to eighty thousand, and I go, why don't you just quit at eighty thousand? 
Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? I'm not quitting at 80,000. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm going to win 100,000. I don't give a shit. Okay. I'm going to win 100,000. So you're rational. So I, I'm like 100,000 close. I keep getting to 90, then 70, then 90, then 80, then mm-hmm. 90. Then I get to 100. And I go, oh, I should quit right now. But I got to tip the dealer. And I don't want him to. <laughs> I want to take out of here with a hundred thousand. I just, I need scale plus ten. That's yes, what. and that's really what I thought. So I I get it to a hundred and ten, and I go, "Do you want the ten grand, right, or do you want to bet it?" They have to bet it if you ask them, right? And I didn't know that really. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I and I was a seasoned gambler, but I didn't put it together. And they said. Uh, yeah, I'll bet it. And I knew there was a wince there now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Cause you know what? That's $10,000. That's a lot for those yeah. in nine, you know, 1901. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's how it felt. I don't know. Anyways. So he bet, we bet it and he won. He hit and I didn't, large. I didn't, I bet the very minimum, whatever I could bet. Mm-hmm. Cause I wasn't going to risk my hundreds. Right. So I had to, whatever I could do. And he won the 20,000 and I go, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Oh no. I bet 2000 okay. or a thousand and got two. I said, here's my 2000. Right. For my marker for marker. Yeah. Right. And then I said, I want to cash out and they wouldn't, they took, they did not want yeah. me to leave. They do the dance. I go, I'm going to miss my flight. They go, well, we're trying, we're working really hard. I go, you got it. I can see 80,000. <laughs> I can see a hundred thousand right in there. So they give me a hundred thousand. I got to go in the gift shop and buy a canvas bag. You are taking it in and cash. You walking, you get on a plane with a hundred grand in cash. With a hundred grand in cash. Cause I got to go pay that 80,000. Yeah. I knew I needed that 80,000. I had to pay it. Right. And that guy was not a guy you could owe that money to. Allegedly. We don't yeah. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but I, you know, I come from a family that would not, would you know, know that. So uh, problem is, I come I from get, a family that does. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So okay, so you got so you want to so I get them finally get on. I got a hundred grand in the bag. In them days, they weren't X-raying your stuff. Right. They were X-raying it. Right. But there wasn't the same type of thing. Sure. They got the bag. I think they looked at it and went, wow. And I go, it's all spoken for. Um, I, You know, and they go, what? Never mind. And I get in there. <laughs> now I pull up. My call time's at 7. Right. So I get there at like 7.01 for some, I don't know how I got there. I know it was close. And um, I got this $100,000. Now where am I going to leave it? <laughs> yeah. So I said, um, what's your name? Mm-hmm. To whoever it was. Right. I go, you're, you, you're not going to, you're my person now. You're right. going to sit. I don't want anyone to go in there. I don't care what they say they have to go in there for. Right. And I was a little scared and I went in and I shot the commercial. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. I was exhausted, sure. but I shot it, but I was on adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And then I went and, uh, afterwards I went to the, um, Talked to the guy, went and paid the money. Wow. So wait a minute. So, all right. The guy's face when you showed up with, with the 80 you owed him from the night before, did he think he, he was ever going to see you again? 
yeah. Yeah. You know what I think I did have? What? I think I, I had $80,000 in uncut cut stones <laughs> that somebody else had lent or, or owed me money or something. Right. I don't know what that is, but you know what? <laughs> I think it's grand I'm, larceny. I had somehow somebody trusted me right. for $80,000. Right. And I, I, you know, it was one of the best <laughs> lessons I ever learned. It was so much fun, honest Adam, oh. having a hundred thousand. Oh God! In uh, in hundred dollar bills, it was so much fun. So, oh God, is that a great story, Lou? I, I think can... it's only a great story as somebody who's gambled. Hello, hello, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that is such a good story, uh, and the mystery continues. We still have no idea how Louis got his hands on eighty thousand dollars in uncut stones. Apparently, Louis Anderson is a, a writer, comedian, actor, and smuggler. And you want to know how sweet Louis is? He knows my mother's a big fan. So for Mother's Day, he shot a video on his phone wishing my mother a happy Mother's Day. And he sent it to her. How sweet is that? And my mother loved this story when she heard it on the podcast. Because like Louis said, it's a great story if you're a gambler. And my mother's a gambler. And she paid for my last year of college by hitting a hard eight at a crap table. No student loans. She just had to tip the dealer. I love you, Ma. Ugh, this is Phil. All right, you guys listen to this, and I'll deal with the hypochondriac. Ma, I interviewed a friend of mine on the podcast today. His name is Adam Ray, and he's got a bit about gambling. And I remembered the story when you hit a hard eight and I got to go to college. <laughs> wow. That's true. <laughs> that is true. That's hilarious. Yeah, I I used to love to play crap, and uh, I learned it from uh, uh, Mrs. Rodolico's father. May he rest in peace. <laughs> and he showed me how to play. So I go down there, and I go, you know, I'm afraid to go to the table. You know, there's all these big guys around the table. Mm -hmm. So I go in there, and I put my $5 down on the pass line, you know, and that's all I was doing. I said, well, you know, let me try the six and the eight, you know. So I did. So the, the, the stick man says to me, if you want to make any money, you got to back up your bet. I didn't even know what the heck he was talking about. Mm -hmm. So I got all upset. I was all nervous, and I walked away. So then I bought a book on how to play crap, and uh, I studied it, and that's I became addictive to it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I remember, I remember once your father came over to one of the tables I was at, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of screaming and yelling, and he says, oh, I hope she's at that table. <laughs> but I didn't know he came over, because he would never come near me. He didn't want to jinx me. Mm -hmm. And I had the dice, okay? And I had a great run. Yeah, but I, I did well. I, I really did well. There are other times I did terrible. Yeah, I know. But I <laughs> Here's the thing. My mother buys a book and studies it. I learned it from Meatball in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mom used to, Mark, mom, my mother used to yell at me, like, because I'd be going down Atlantic City. And, and mm -hmm. I, I, come, I didn't tell I was going down. I just told her where I was when I came back. <laughs> so, but we gambled, Adam. Yeah. When we went to Vegas, you met us there, right? Yeah, but I remember when I when I came. So, I gambled with you. Yeah, so when I came back from Atlantic City, 
my mother's like, you know, where were you? And I'm not gonna lie, I said, I went down Atlantic City, you know, throw the bones a little bit, unwind, you know, blow off some steam. And she's like, How'd you do? I said, All right. She goes, Did you buy the four? I went, No. She goes, You drive all the way down to Atlantic City and you don't buy the four? Well, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you guys another story. Um, I'm in the office, mm-hmm. and this guy comes in, right? And uh, he's all undone. He's like, he's all nervous. I said, uh, can I help you? I got a delivery. I got a delivery. I said, oh, okay. Uh, all right. And Daddy says, okay. But he was all, like, nervous. And and I said, is anything wrong? Would you like some water? Can I get you a cup of coffee? He goes, no, I, I got a problem. I go, you do? He says, yeah, I got, I got to find an OTB. I, I, I got to find an OTB. I, so your father looks at me, he doesn't say anything. I go, really? I go, oh, I got to bet on this, uh, this horse. I go, oh, do you have a tip? Yeah. Well, I got to, I, I said, look, I know where there's an OTB. I said, if you tell me the name of the horse, I'll tell you where the OTB is. <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> and he did. And he did. So I get off the phone and I call um, Uncle Vito. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the time he was in his office, I said, Vito, look, I got a tip. I don't know how good this tip is. I tell him the story. He's hysterical. Mm-hmm. I says, can you bet on the horse for me? He goes, yes, it's the least. What do you want? I said, give me $100 on the line. Sure enough, we won. Oh, Lord great. knows he told his friends and people he know they made a lot of money. But that's another true story. That's great. So you, so, so, guy, so my, my, my mother is in the presence of a degenerate gambler who's having a meltdown. She's like, wait a minute. I want to help a fellow human being, but first, I want to cash in, too. Yeah. You have a tip? Oh, tip. Did, after this guy left, your father says, only you. He says, only you. I love it. I go, show a couple of bucks is a couple of bucks. That's right. Yeah. He says to me, a hundred dollars? I said, you can deduct it from my pay. He says, you don't even make that much. <laughs> did you, did, did, you, oh, did you bet it to win or did you bet it across the board? No, I didn't bet it across the board. I bet it to win. Good for you. <laughs> okay, how you guys yeah. are throwing out these terms I have n- know nothing about is amazing. That's why I married you. <laughs> <laughs> but now I want to go to Vegas with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go. Oh, God. I, I want, a lot of good times. Yeah, I want to go. I took my, I want to go with mom. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah, have absolutely. to come out here. We have to go and please teach me craps. I might be lucky. I uh, taught you. I took you to the crap table. I, I, if you, you never threw dice before. I went, oh, I got a virgin shooter. <laughs> I think I should learn from your mom. I, well, we won, though. Yeah. <laughs> when I used to play crap, I was very, very um, quiet and straight-faced. You know, I, I concentrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because my, my, when my mother can focus, she can influence dice. <laughs> every little bit help. Oh yeah, you know? she did. She, she gets if, if she gets really angry and really focused, every spoon in the kitchen is bent. <laughs> oh, man. I love your stories, Adam. Too bad they're not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm not the only one. Thank you. No. <laughs> God, you brought back a lot of memories. A lot of really good memories. I yeah. forgot all about that. Mark, do you gamble? Not nearly enough, and and I know moving <laughs> forward, I only want to gamble 
by your side of the craps table. That, that to me, <laughs> is the only safe play. Or go to the track with you because you're gold. I agree. My, mo- my mother's only gold at the track if there's a degenerate gambler shaking in her presence. <laughs> <laughs> she has that gut feeling. I remember when my pal Joe and I are down in Lake City and we're at the crap table and we're on a roll, right? And my father comes over and goes, how you guys doing? We're up! We're up! My father goes, go to bed. It's like, what? <laughs> go upstairs, go to bed, we'll get up tomorrow. He goes, no, we're on a roll. We're going to take these guys. He goes, all right. He went to bed. We lost it all. <laughs> of course. Lost it all. Woke up in the morning. We saw, yep. met, met my mom and dad for coffee. My father looked at me and goes, how'd you do? I said, he goes, ah. He goes, you lost it all, didn't you? He went, yeah. <laughs> he goes, did I tell you yeah. to go to bed? I go, yeah. He goes, all right, how much did you lose? And we told him. He goes, all right, here. He gave the money back. He goes, this is your one free pass. Next time you listen to me. And he walked away. Oh, oh wow. there you go. Oh, I could tell you stories, please. Yeah. I, well, I love you, Ma. I love you too, sweetie. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Love you. Love you, Ma. Good night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Are you having any difficulty urinating? Okay. That was my mother. I love my mother. She is a beautiful human being, always willing to help out her fellow man and cash in when they're weak. This is the great balance in life. And my mother loves Lenny Clark. My mom and dad would come to all the stand-up gigs on the Rescue Me Comedy Tour that were in the New York area. They came to uh, Radio City Music Hall. We played Carnegie Hall one year. Uh, They used to love the one at the Mohegan Sun Casino because they could gamble. And my mother always said the same thing. Dennis is so thin. And that Lenny, ah, he is so funny. And I'm like, Mom, I'm standing right here. But she was right. Lenny is friggin' hysterical. You guys listen to this. One of my favorite stories is when you were on Larroquette. You were 300 pounds and you were doing coke. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you went between shows. You're in your cop uniform oh. and you went to the drug dealer. To the mad Russian. Oh, yeah, no, not the, the Russian, not the mad Russian. Mad Russian, two, two different people. But I'm banging on the door with my nightstick and they're going, go away, no one home. And I go, no, no, you fucks, it's me, it's Lenny. Oh, Jesus, yeah. That was... Yeah, I never did that again, but I did do it that time. That was bad. Is that when you- I had to go back and do the second show, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, is that when you were living in your dressing room? Yes, 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 it was, yeah. Yeah, I had a rough patch there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what divorce it was, but she said, pal, I had nothing. I was on TV, and I had to live in a dressing room, and I had to sweet talk to security. It was great. I had my own shitter. Then the the prop master gave me the keys, so I had my own. I could cook breakfast at 2 in the morning. And and all the guards at the gate at Sunset Gower, I would give them cases of beer and whiskey every time I came through because, oh, I got to pick up some... uh, some changes. There's changes in the script. I got to pick them up. And they go, Lenny, you're the only guy who does that. Yeah, well, I work harder. I and I go in and, you know, they only have eight hour shifts. So they never see me leave. And then Lyra Kent would come. And he goes, why are you first every day? I said, because I, I want to be first one here, last one to leave, John. I believe in working on the show. And he, he goes, you're not, you live in there? And I go, no. And I was. <laughs> Oh, God, that's funny. That's the thing about you, Lenny. I've seen it. I've seen people not know what to make of you, but love you. I've I've experienced it many friggin' times. 
I was. But then there are people who don't. don't yeah, but they me. usually get murdered by someone, and the, and the deaths are never solved. But I told. Oh in fact, God. I told this to Tolan. I forget the year that Comics Come Home was sponsored by Siemens, the phone company, and Dennis. Yeah. Sent, Dennis sent us in and goes, ah, go, go sweet talk the money, right? So we had to go, like you know. Sweet talk to people that give us the money, right? We would walk in. How you doing? We're very gracious, making everybody laugh, making everybody feel comfortable. And then you start introducing people. And these are the money people from the Siemens phone company. And you're introducing them to other people. I think some guys from Aerosmith were there and a couple of the Red Sox yeah, were yeah. there. And you, and, you yeah. went, and, and this is Charles. Charles is from Siemens. The phone company. It's Siemens, you know, like the cum. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my, oh my God. Oh God! So you know, and Dennis would send you to to keep a leash on. Him. You know, he would say, "Don't let him go over." You know? Yeah, oh, yeah, keep him. But yeah, it's just you have that energy. I've seen it on the set. I've seen it, and 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 that's one of the reasons I think you're a force in nature. And and it doesn't matter where you are, you do it. You know what I found? I found you and Dennis doing a Red Sox game. What? Yeah. I'll, oh man! Listen to this. Okay. Lenny Clark is here, in case you didn't know. Dennis Leary as well. Hey, guys, how are you? Good, Good to see you guys. Backhanded play. Nice bounce for Lowell, but a great pickup by Euclid. Beautiful. The first now, Euclid, of the inning. Is, he, is he a Greek kid? Is he? <laughs> no, no. I don't think so. What no. is it? Irish? It's not Irish. No. Maybe, maybe he's, he's Jewish. I think he's Jewish. Yes. Oh, really? Jewish. Jewish? Oh, yes. Good. That's great. That's fantastic. We've got Jewish. <laughs> you guys are, I like you. I'm so proud to have a Jewish for. I didn't so even. So am I. I hope yeah. Mel Gibson doesn't come into this park. <laughs> we'll run him out of here on a rail. Get it. That's nice. Right. Yeah, where's Mel Gibson now? Where's, your, where's Mel Gibson now? Huh? He's in rehab. And you put that first base. All right, Mel. You happy, brave heart? Huh? Did you see that grab, Mel? Huh? I hope in rehab they're, they're showing a replay of that. Yeah. The Jewish first baseman next to play, Mel Gibson. He'll be Good luck when you come out. He'll be shooting. Call Jeffrey Katzenberg and ask him for a job when you get out, Mel. The Jewish first baseman. And I want a whole Jewish infield when Mel Gibson comes out. That's right. Bring back Sandy Koufax, Mel Gibson, huh? That's right. Braveheart, my ass. That's what they ought to do. Had a boy, Kev. My God. I, you know, I remember we had been uh, doing stuff for his foundation all day. We started at like five in the morning. Yeah. And when we got to the ballpark, you, I was I was really fat at the time, and and I'm sitting on a couch eating well, every anything that was around. And he said to me, "You got anything left, big man?" I go, "Yeah, I'll be up fine. Turn the camera on." Yeah. You know? So later on. I went home the next day to visit my mother. She said, Leonard, I saw you on the Red Sox game last night. I hope you didn't upset the Jews. And I go, Ma, the Jews love me. It's Mel Gibson that hates me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you can get away with it. I've been with you in Boston. You like the mayor. Better than the mayor because, you know, I don't have to run every year. <laughs> Which you did run one year, and you stole my bus. I did, yeah, <laughs> I did, I did. Oh my god, you know we we're in Charlie's kitchen in Harvard Square drinking, and we came out. Well, it was closing, so they asked us to leave. Right, and uh, I think it was Dennis said, "Hey man, I, I bet you fifty bucks you can't stop one of those MBTA buses because mm -hmm. now <clears throat> it's uh, a hotel and a Harvard U University." buildings and everything but at the time it was the car barns is where they parked the buses right so 
idiot me doesn't get in the first bus or the third bus, but I get in the middle bus. <laughs> and I, I fired that son of a bitch up because it's a trackless trolley with it. With it. It's run electrically. Mm-hmm. But wires go up and they hook on to a, a stream. I don't know. It's hard to explain. They don't even have them anymore. But anyway, so Dennis goes, 100 bucks says you can't get it out. And I go, really? So I smash forward, I smash back, smash forward, smash back. Meanwhile, the crowd's gathering. And then he goes, 200 bucks says you can't drive it through the tunnel, which is across the street. And it's got about this much space on each side. So I go down and I make it. And I'm, you know, I'm scratching the sides and everything. But but I don't care. And so I see these elderly, I pick up these two elderly women. You know, they, they didn't even know there was a bus coming. And so I said, come on, I'll take you for So they go, you're not dressed. I so what's you know I'm 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 at the end of my shift. I'm just taking this up to the other car, Bob. But I can drop you off, right? So, so, so now I'm driving up Mass Ave, you know, and I see the police lights coming. I go, oh shit! All right, girls, so I gotta let you off. And they go, we're the next stop, but it'd be better here. I go, no problem. So I pull over, and I, I say, by the way, I'm running for mayor. And they go, so, and so they get off, and then I take off, and the police chase ensues. So I pull up in front of Sears and Robux. And this is how fast my brain was working. There's a lip in the middle of Mass Ave. So I go, I know the police car can't get over that. Right. So I spin the bus mm-hmm. and the ass end is blocking right up to the lip and the front's on the sidewalk. And now the rails come off the roof and it's dead. And I kick the front door open and I run up to 62 Upland Ave and I go to a football party with 200 <laughs> witnesses. And I was there all night. And they did. They, they, yeah, and they never, they never convicted you. They couldn't prove. Oh, it. they knew it was me. They saw me, but they couldn't prove it. You know, there were no cameras, no video cameras back then. I had, I had, I had the, the like the the linebacker, this crazy linebacker at the front door talking to the cops. Lenny, Lenny's been here all night. He's, he's, he's drunk on the couch. Yeah. They, go, uh, they knew. They, they even knew it was me. Yeah. I, I, I got away with that one. You can, but that was the thing. You, Mike, your whole family, like everyone knew you uh, in Boston. Oh, yeah. oh, and there how, were eight of us. Yeah, there were eight clocks. And uh, they, 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 and if they, if you didn't know one of us, you knew, you know, you knew somebody in the family. Right. You know? It was, it was, we, we, we were crazy people. Oh, you but know? you, oh, can you tell a story about your father with the piano? Oh God! Oh Adam! <laughs> you know, I tell you, my poor dad. My dad was my hero. He worked. Uh, three, four jobs doing everything, right? Mm-hmm. But he worked, his main job was at the Herald Traveler. He was a linotype operator. And, and back though, you know, now they have computers there. But that, back then, he had to spell forwards, backwards, and upside down. My dad was the best speller in the world, and I'm I'm the worst speller. Right. And that's why he was convinced I was uh, I was conceived by a clown in the circus or something. <laughs> he, he, never, he never really accepted me that well as the son because of the spelling. But anyway, he... Um, he comes home from work one night uh-huh. and he says, that's it. Tonight we're having dinner together. All eight children and your mother and father are going to sit down for a sit down dinner. So he drives from Boston back to Cambridge. He's got like 45 minutes to eat, uh-huh. I mean, 45 minutes to get back and forth. So he goes and he sits down. Well, he says, all right. And we say grace. And thank you, Lord. And everyone starts eating. We're eating like animals. And there's sparks flying off of food is dropped. You know, if food fell off the table, it was like a fumble drill. You know, get it, get it. You know, the dog would be fighting for the leftovers. And so he says, that's it. 
That we're never doing this again. You're animals. You can't eat like this. You've got to chew your food. Ah, Jesus Christ. So he gets up and he starts to walk out and he catches his his work pants on a stand-up piano and it rips his pants. Uh And the whole room just stops. Everyone starts he goes, okay. All right, that's it. That's it. Last chance. Somebody sit down and play that piano. Somebody's going to play that piano right now. So, Daddy, what are not All right. He goes downstairs and he gets his toolbox. And he comes up. And in the toolbox, he's only got two tools, a hammer and a hatchet. Right? So now he says, last chance. Last chance. So this is going up. No one makes a move. He starts hatching with the hammer and the hatching both hands. He took that stand-up piano. You know, springs are flying out, landed in the potatoes. I mean, and people are ducking their shit. And I mean, it, he took it apart like, like Superman in two minutes. And he goes, now someone box this shit up and throw it out in the garbage. He's, Good night, Jeannie. Kiss my mother. Good night. And that was, I didn't see him for three days after that. Oh, my God. Wow, yeah, that was wild. God, is that funny. I remember when Lenny first told me that story about his dad. (laughs) And when my dad passed away, Lenny showed up at the wake wearing red pants. Yes, red pants, a yellow shirt, and these Prada slippers. He gave my mother a big kiss and made everybody feel better. And like me, Lenny loved his dad. And so did Chris Stefano. And this is a great dad story. You guys listen to this. Oh, good. A voice text. Can you tell the story when your dad came to get you reinstated in school? Oh, my God. Well, piggybacking off that 9-11 story, you know, that was a Tuesday, 9-11, right? I broke the chair over Frank's head. I I told you, like, you know, the principal and everybody couldn't deal with anything that day. So I knew, though, that I was going to be in big trouble. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, that, that doesn't just go away. So Wednesday, all schools in New York City were closed. So nobody came into school Wednesday. Thursday, I walk into school. I didn't tell anybody about what happened to Frank, you mm-hmm. know, what, what I did. I, but Thursday, I walk into school like I didn't just put somebody in a coma. And I walk <laughs> in like nobody's going to say anything. It's 9-11. It, you know, it was a tragedy. You know, let's let bygones be bygones. Maybe this kid will make it. He's on a ventilator now. But, you know, it had to happen. So, <laughs> so I walk in and the principal stops me, Brother Rob. And he goes to Stefano. He goes, what do you think you're doing? I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm late for school, sir. And he was like, yeah, no, you're expelled. You're expelled. And I was like, why? What happened? You know, like, like playing dumb, <laughs> like, like I, I forgot. Remember. And he goes, you're going to, yeah. He goes, you're expelled. You're not going to step foot inside the school. So I was like, oh shit. Okay. So I don't think I had a cell phone then or the cell phone wasn't working. I had to go to a pay phone. I went to a pay phone. First call I make is my father. I have to call my father. Now, my father lives on Staten Island. Archbishop Malloy is in the middle of Queens. And if you don't know, like that's at, you know, 830 in the morning on a bridges. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it's two hours away. I mean, this thing, it's, you know, it's two hours away. It's traffic, like whatever. So I call my father. I say, Dad, listen, I made a mistake on Tuesday. I got upset. I thought mom was dead. I broke a chair over this kid's head. And now they've expelled me. And my father's first words, he goes, he goes, okay. He goes, here's the thing. You're not expelled. And I was like, no, no, I'm telling you, dad, like the principal just told me I'm expelled. <laughs> he goes, no, no, no. He goes, listen, give me 45 minutes. I'll be down there. I swear. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to be there in 45 minutes. Like 43 minutes later, my dad shows up, I'll never forget, shows up, 
New York Yankees batting practice jacket, shorts, dirty New Balance sneakers, holding like an extra large cup of coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he had probably had all the bets on the games that he was betting on that night. He probably had them on a piece of paper somewhere, like that kind of thing. You know, he had the New York Post. I mean, this, all, this guy always has the fucking New York Post. I mean, wherever – dude, even, even when – my daughter was being born on the day my daughter was born. I'm talking about my girlfriend is like crowning in the hospital. My mother's mm-hmm. there. Her mother's there. You know, my dad's not supposed to come in. It's a freaking, you know, OBGYN, you know, hospital. Like we're only we're supposed to be in there. Only the people who were there. She was in labor for 15 hours. Legit crowning. My dad walks in. He goes, we're having a baby. And we were like, oh, my God. I was like, Dad. My girlfriend was like, Tony, what are you doing? He has the New York Post under his under his armpit. You know, he goes, what, what, what? I can't be it. It's my grandchild. And then my mother, you know, they've been divorced my whole life, my, my mom and dad. But my mother was like, Tony, you need to get out of here. You need to get out of here. And then he goes, all right, relax. Jesus Christ, lady. You've been on my case for 30 years. Literally, while this is all happening while the, my child child's head is coming out and then as he's walking out the door he goes chrissy he goes come outside as soon as the baby's born he goes oh and by the way sabathia got fucking rocked last night he goes and i was like okay he goes yankees suck as 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 the you know doors are closing and i was like jesus christ then like you know and we had had a gender reveal party everybody knew it was going to be a girl Mm mm-hmm i come out you know 10 minutes later i'm like now i got a beautiful baby girl her name's delilah he goes ah shit he goes, I lost a thousand. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You lost a thousand. He goes, I had a bet with some of my friends that it was going to be a boy. I was like, <laughs> you were at the gender reveal party. Yeah, yeah. You knew it scientifically was going to be a girl. He goes, I'm telling you, I, I, there's always, you know, in life you take chances. So I put a thousand on a boy. Who, I was co- like, okay. who faded him that bet though? Who covered that yeah. bet? Who I don't know. I well, his I mean, him and his friends. You know, oh. him and his friends. They they bet on all types of shit. Oh I mean, it's the God. stupidest shit. So you know. So anyway, so that's my dad. But but going back to 2001. You know, 43 minutes later, the guy shows up. You know, Yankees batting practice jacket, a cup of coffee, and you know, we go into the you know principal's office, the main lobby there. And of course, you need a meeting with the principal. I mean, it's not like you know whatever. My dad just walks in. He just walks into the office, and. You know, even the secretary was like, sir, you know, you need to have a meeting. He goes, no, 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 I got a meeting. And, and, but there was no meeting scheduled. So I'm like, what is happening, you know? So I'm just walking in and Brother Rob was on the phone. Right. He was on the phone. And so he goes, uh, he goes, hey, he goes. And then he turns around and Chris goes, what's the guy's name again? I was like, Brother Rob. He goes, yeah, he calls him brother. I said, brother Rob, he goes, brother Bob. So it's like just a little thing that my dad would do. Like he just does that little fuck ups where he's like, you know, just it's the little things that my dad goes, hey, brother Bob. He goes, um, he's on the phone and he goes, uh, he goes, listen, can I talk to you? And brother, brother Rob goes, "Um, excuse me. Uh, He goes, Chris, is this your father? I said, I said, yeah. He goes, well, sir, you need to wait outside. You know, you need an appointment. He goes, no, I need to talk to you now. So can you just get off the phone? And then. Brother Rob was like, I'm on a phone call, sir. Mm-hmm. So no. And then my dad, just, you know, they have like an old school phone. My dad just hangs up the phone. <laughs> he just clicks his receiver. And he just two fingers like this, just like a dick. He goes like that. <laughs> and he just hangs up the phone. And he goes, I'll never forget the exact quote he goes. He goes, wow, look at that. Whoop-de-doo. Now you're not on the phone. When he said whoop-de-doo, I was like, this guy's a psycho. <laughs> So he goes, whoop-de-doo, you're not on the phone. So 
I was like, okay, here we go. Again, my dad was, you know, in and out of jail, you know, at, at times in my life, like, you know, ran around with a criminal guy, very good guy, very wholesome guy, never was scared around my father once in my life, but he ran around, you know, yeah. with these guys. It's from the Bronx, you know, originally, like all that stuff. So one of those guys, so he goes, um, he says to brother Rob, he goes, my son allegedly hit somebody <laughs> in the head with a chair. Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly. And then brother Rob is like, no, it's not allegedly. <laughs> we, we know everybody know the whole class is witnesses and we have it on camera. He goes, well, it's alleged. <laughs> he, go, he goes, he allegedly hit somebody in the head. So, so brother Rob said, so he says to me, he says to brother Rob, he goes, look, there's gotta be something we could do. I mean, we, you know, we're not going to throw my kid out of school. Right. And then brother Rob was like, no, we're, we're throwing him out of school. <laughs> yeah. And there's actually no other course of action other than expulsion. Brother Rob says, his kid's still in the hospital. And my dad goes, he'll live. And, you know, which my dad had no information about, you <laughs> no, know, what no, hospital he was no, in. He no. had no idea the damage. He just goes, he'll live. So, okay, <laughs> just quickly. So brother Rob says, well, he's expelled. And my dad goes, there's got to be another way. Let's let's talk about another way. It goes, you know, man to man, let's talk about another way. And Brother Rob says, there's no other way. Mm -hmm. My dad goes, there has to be another way. And then Brother Rob, again, not knowing who my father is, not knowing the kind of person he's dealing with, says to my dad, he goes, sir, are you stupid or something? I told you there's no other way. And then my dad just does that thing where he just starts rubbing his temples. And I've seen that before. And he looks up at the ceiling and then he turns around. This one I knew was bad. He goes, Chrissy, lock the door. So... <laughs> Now you're an accomplice. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm an accomplice. And once he called me Chrissy, anytime he would call me by my little girl name, yeah. I knew shit was about to pop off. When, when he said Chrissy, I was like, uh-oh, this guy's fucking wigging out now. Yeah. He goes, Chrissy, lock the door. It's weird. If, if there was a blood pressure cuff attached uh -huh. to my father's arm during all this, I'm telling you, the calmest he was, the lowest his blood pressure would have been throughout this whole ordeal it is right now when he gets to the moment of impending violence. Yeah. This is when my father is cool as a cucumber. He says to him, and he even put fear in me. It was like, oh, my God. He says to brother, brother Rob, he goes, listen. He goes, you got two options right now. He goes, the second option is really going to suck for you. <laughs> he goes, here's the first option. Mm -hmm. You just put my son back in school. We signed some papers. He goes, you make some things go away. You put my son right back in school. He goes, the second option, he goes, and this one's really going to suck for you. He was like, but you make your own choice. He goes, I'm going to come over there. I'm going to break both the kneecaps. <laughs> and he says, and what she says right after this, which I was like, wow. He goes, now, listen, you're going to think that I heard that line in a movie. He goes, I'm one of the guys they write the movies about. <laughs> he goes, so I'm going to come over there. He goes, I'm going to break both the kneecaps. He says, and then I'm going to call the police and I'm going to tell them exactly who did it. I'm going to give him my social security number. I'm going to give him my address. He goes, here's why. I'd rather go to jail for the rest of my life and be back with my friends than you have to throw him out of school and me have to listen to his mother's fucking mouth for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh he my goes, God. He goes, so for me, jail's not a problem. Of course, Brother Rob, white as a ghost, sure. you know, doesn't know what to do. I don't even know what to do. I'm like, this is terrifying. <laughs> And then Brother Rob says, well, what would you suggest, sir? What would you suggest? He goes, all right. He goes, listen, the kid, you know, he goes, listen, Chris, you, you know, you, you can't hit people. He right. goes, I, I don't know. And then he has the audacity to tell me, he goes, I don't know where you learned something like that to hit somebody that way. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Let's so, rewind the tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know, the last 30 seconds, maybe? <laughs> 
so <laughs> my head my throat what the fuck man why would i have and please don't fuck around I'm being serious with you i just it, you're funny i mean i like the jokes but i need you to be serious for a second what the fuck why would i have a momentary flu like fever like for an hour and then it goes away <clears throat> it's just so fucking bizarre dude and i have no other symptoms really <clears throat> Yeah, except the dry cough. There you go. Hey, Adam. Hi, honey. Was that Phil? Yeah, it was a voice text. He'll be dead in a week. What? Nothing. What are you doing? I am putting together our end of the year podcast. Hmm. Say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. All right, what was your favorite moment of the past year? When Duffy flew. Oh, yeah. Pain the ass bird. All right. Oh, yeah. Duffy's sweet. Yeah. And free. She flew. Ah, right, you guys listen to this. All right. Well, I'm I'm in a good mood too. I'm more happy for my wife because uh, you nursed a, one of God's creatures back to health, and it flew away. The yes. dove is back in the wild where it belongs. Yes. Oh wow. That's and there great. was a there was a lot of doubters, including you, Adam. Yeah, well, I wasn't I wasn't doubting. I, I was inconvenienced, and that bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to admit, what? I was looking for dove bird cages. Yeah. Like huge ones, because I didn't want it to be in a cage, but I knew it had to. Yeah, flying cages. They're like armoires. These big armoires she's getting for a dove. They're called flying cages. Yeah, flying yeah. cages. This is what I need now. And then I was thinking, do I, I take it outside half the day, leave it outside, then bring it in? And I'm like, this might be a little problem. Yeah, a French dove enclosure. That's what I need. We have to think of everything. So I'm driving home, right? And, you know, the dove is, is here. The dove's been here for almost a month, like just recuperating. So I, I get a text, all capitals. Bird flu. And right away, I'm thinking, oh, my God, my wife has the bird flu. <laughs> the avian flu. Yeah. Oh, no. That's, I'm like, now we got to deal with this. The, the pandemic wasn't enough. <laughs> now my wife has the bird flu. <laughs> so I call her immediately, and, 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 and she, she's on the phone. She's like, isn't it wonderful? I go, what's wonderful? You got the bird flu. She goes, no, the bird flu. I said, oh, the dove? Yeah. She brought the dove upstairs. <laughs> One of the bedrooms up upstairs opens up to a little deck on our roof. Mm -hmm. So my wife built the, the dove a little enclosure. And then she opened it up, and, and the dove saw his opportunity, and the dove actually said, I'm getting the hell out of here, and it flew. But that's not how it happened, Adam. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what a shocker. <laughs> so I put the dove up. I, I read up on doves and how you release animals and, and all that. So they said they need to feel safe. And you have to wait till the dove perches high. Mm -hmm. that's your marker so i made a little perch and i'm mm -hmm. like okay that's my signal when the dove perches high it's it's you know healed and it wants to fly mm -hmm. so i walked in in the morning and i'm like oh, the dove's high the mm -hmm. dove was just kind of looking at me like okay you can open the doors mm -hmm. so i opened both of the doors i walked outside so it knew you know it wasn't like a mirror mm -hmm. and when i started walking back towards the room it flew past me. It did? Uh -huh, through the trees. <laughs> did it leave yeah. you a tip? No, no tip. <laughs> no tip. Nothing. I was, I was very happy and sad at the same time because yeah. I was getting attached to Dovey. I know. But I, I know that I know that, that feeling my wife has is she was, I know she took great joy in that, that she could help the dove, but I knew you were sad that the dove left. Yeah. Well, I was living vicariously through this. I felt like I was part of this rescue team, even though I'm across the country, because, Alex, you would send me the pictures of the dove and the setup, you know, and you're like, this is just 
is beautiful. I mean, the dove was wounded and you could have turned your back on it and you didn't. And I love that. You know, that, that's just a great gesture of kindness. Yeah. And then you would send him the pictures. And then at night I would call him going, this friggin' bird is still in my house. <laughs> I, know. I know. And I picture you like Adam every day coming home with your lunch pail after a hard day at the comedy factory. And you're just like looking at the dove, the doves reading the newspaper. And you're like, did you find an apartment yet? Yeah. No, not today. <laughs> Bring yeah. me beers. What do you yeah. got? Come yeah. on, let's go to get some beers. It's like having a brother-in-law on the couch. That's what it's like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See, I want to know why I didn't get this this courteous send off when I stayed there. It was like, get out. That's what it was like for me when I was. <laughs> well, the dove didn't take a dump in my bathroom and stink the place out. <laughs> now, why do you have to always go to my ass? Does every punt, does every story have to end with something to do with my ass? No, Come it on. ends with what comes out of your ass and annoys oh, others. Oh, you, you does know. Phil have handling instructions when you receive him to say, do not feed him lentil soup ever? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's when you know Phil has to go to the bathroom. He perches high. <laughs> Everyone get out of the way. You get out of the way. Here it comes. It I, 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 I love, love you, you no matter what you smell like. Oh, stop it. <laughs> or what he leaves behind. Or what you leave behind. <laughs> Honey, I love you. Animals and creatures and whatever. You got a nurse back to health and on. Stern, I love you, even though you vomit on me. Another... <laughs> That's tough to feel. Every one of you people are out to get me. I don't know why I'm still here. <laughs> and stuff's coming out of two of us. Yeah. And a Adam still hasn't figured out that he's one of my animals I'm nursing back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Maybe I got to get that awareness, too. <laughs> Listen, guys, Adam comes in hot, but he's a softie. So I want to read this to you. It's a very sweet. It's a card. I found it on the ledge from Dovey. I'm going to read to you. I can fly. Thank you for taking care of me. The guy was funny, but a little cranky. <laughs> he tried not to say anything because he loves you. I promise not to shit on your car. Love, Dovey. <laughs> See, Adam, a you're a softy. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. <laughs> I still have no idea what she's talking about. And just for the record, that woman is a pain in the ass. When he says you're a pain in the ass, that means he loves you. No, it means you're a pain in the ass. You love me. Yes, I do. I love you. Tell everybody you love me. We love you guys, and Happy New Year. Yes, we love you, and Happy New Year. And please remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Pod has ended. Go in peace. You are all a pain in the ass. My head, my throat. What the fuck, man? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project 
in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.